Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Yet, of course, if we want to continue to celebrate our lives as we grow older, we have to focus on our health and take good care of our bodies, and our guest today is going to help us do just that. Dr. Anthony Balduzzi is a renowned health expert dedicated to helping men and women over 40 optimize their well-being. He focuses on holistic health, longevity, and building and maintaining both a fit body and a fit mind. And Dr. Balduzzi is also the host of two podcasts, The Fit Father Project and The Fit Mother Project. I've linked to both of these in the description. He also boasts a social media following of close to 750,000 followers and can claim over 1,000 success stories around the world. I've so been looking forward to interviewing Dr. Balduzzi, so let's get going and welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here. What an introduction. I, I think there's just a classic aspect of you as a person that many many people listen to you just notice, and it's really refreshing. I, I love how you present, and I'm excited for a great combo today. Well, thank you, Dr. Valduzzi. I am very flattered. <laughs> but uh, before we start and get really into the uh, the details of what you're going to share with us, I hope you don't mind, but I do know you have a very personal reason that inspired you to create the Fit Father Project. And as a young boy, uh, an event happened that really led to your life's work. So can we start there? Do you mind sharing that with us? I would absolutely love to. Because I, I think as, as we get older, one of the most important things is having a very strong reason why we will continue on this healthy path, why we'll continue to invest energy and make better healthy choices. And for me, it happened because I, I watched my own father basically work himself to the bone. Like many dads, he believed that providing meant long hours at work, lots of stress, putting some of his health routines on the back burner. And I think that was just like the mentality of many people at, at the time what was unfortunate for my dad is he ended up getting a cancer diagnosis in the process. And I watched him go through all the surgery, all the chemotherapy, all the radiation over a course of many years and just watch my dad basically wither before my eyes. And he passed away when he was 42 years old. Uh, it was right before my 10th birthday. So I was nine at the time. And it was, it was, it was devastating for our family, you know, to, to see the man I love the most in, in the most weak condition possible and, and to see that he missed out on all these things that he was working so hard for. But what was the silver lining of the experience is, is in all that pain, I came to some profound realizations. And one of those is that health is the foundation of everything we love. Health is the foundation of our ability to show up and enjoy time with our families, to work and provide, to create, uh, and just to be around. And it, would see, it also seemed so easy for me for health to get put on the back burner amidst all the chaos and the business of life. And I knew there had to be a way for people to have this integrated life that incorporated health, still had the work, had good family time and longevity. So... I set out to studying this stuff from a young age. I, quite frankly, I became obsessed. And at first, it was more in like the physical fitness realm because when I had so much pain in, in my heart, you know, I found that when I started to exercise, I started to feel better. I started to heal. And, and I found that as my body was changing, I was like, wow, I'm feeling more empowered through this. And my mood started to improve. So it radically began to transform my life from the inside to the outside. And in the process, I began to help people. Now, I, I was more of a young boy at this time, so it was more like a personal trainer and then eventually into bodybuilding and then eventually into medical school. And when I was in medical school, although not everyone coming in had a cancer diagnosis, they were very much like my father at a point where they were busy, 
they weren't taking care of their routines, they felt like they wanted to do better but couldn't make it sustainable, and they were facing the aches and pains and and the degenerating health of getting older if you don't have the right health routines in place. So I set out to build a program that I wish my dad had, and I started to spread it across the world, and that was the Fit Father Project, and it's been running for close to over a decade now, and we've helped, you know, as you mentioned, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in, in so many countries, like, create their sustainable health routine so they can be well in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. And we have program members, uh, even in their 80s, who are now exercising and strength training. We have people in their 70s who are running their first marathons. We have people in their 60s who have lost over 150 pounds. So what's beautiful about the human body is is with the right kinds of, uh, quite frankly, habits, around nutrition, sleep, exercise, and supplementation, you can really recreate health, even if you feel like you're in a hole right now, even if you feel like it's been very challenging. Um, and I think that's the promise of, of this, is we, we can change the trajectory of aging with the right kind of lifestyle. And then the converse is, if we look around, if we don't do these things, it's, it's pretty clear that these bodies break down and decline if we continue to eat the processed foods and stay too stressed and miss out on sleep and don't prioritize our health. So I'm on a mission to help people walk the former path. Well, boy, am I happy to have connected with that mission, Dr. Valduzzi, because, mm-hmm. yes, I can tell there is a passion and a real love for what you do. You are doing really wonderful work and also a life's work that, that shares with so many people. And I did want to ask you, uh, because uh, I am in my 70s and many in my audience are in our 60s and 70s and 80s, and so it is never too late, Right. Absolutely not. Never too late. I, I, because the cool thing is that when we talk about finding ways to eat healthier and even moving your body in a way that is appropriate for you right now, that does not mean overly intense exercise, but it does mean doing something. These inputs absolutely change the body and activate these longevity genes. And you can be better to next yesterday and one week from now, two weeks from now than you are today. I think aging, you know, even, even though I'm not in that decade of life yet, is, is a little bit of a dance between acceptance of the fact that our bodies have a certain trajectory of a a certain kind of decline. So we have to have the humility and grace to be like, okay, I'm not doing the same things I was doing when I was 20 or 30 as I'm doing now when I'm 60 or 70. But there's this amazing mindset and energizing mindset of still investing and you can improve your mobility. You can lose 50 to 100 plus pounds if that's how much weight you need to lose in your 60s, 70s and 80s. You can build muscle. There are so many great examples, certainly for a program and also online, of people who literally start strength training and exercising in their 60s and 70s and then go on to start competing in bodybuilding shows. Now, that's not for everyone, but the point is, yes, the body can, can activate, and, and these, these same things work. It just needs to be a more intelligent approach, needs to be realistic, and thankfully, as we get older, it doesn't need to be extreme. It just needs to be consistent. Wow, <laughs> Dr. Bell, you you are preaching to a very appreciative crowd here <laughs> because uh, one thing you did mention about health, and as you're younger, you take it for I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I think I'm speaking for a lot of people. We take it for granted. We get in our 60s, 70s, and 80s, and we are far more aware of how precious our health is. So on that note, what are some key aspects of health that we older people need to prioritize for our own longevity and well-being? For sure, and I'll really break this down, I think, into, into three categories of actions. One is going to be around nutrition and the types of food you eat. The second is going to be around how you move your body. And the third is going to be about how you recover and sleep. These are kind of like foundational pillars. Now, these are all wrapped into a broader conversation of 
your mindset, your motivation. We can maybe even say heart set, like how you relate to the importance of this. So I think that's a, is a broader, important conversation that we might get to. But we can talk a little more about the actions and, and what exactly people can do on a weekly basis to feel better. Now, I think the first thing is, is, is we need to keep on moving as we age, and you need to find exercise that works with you at every decade of life, exercise that works with any limitations you may have. There's a good chance if you're in your seventh or eighth decade of life, you have some joints that hurt or don't feel as good as they used to, and I think a lot of people use that as a reason to completely sideline and stop moving, and that's a huge mistake because the body completely works on this whole use it or lose it mentality. It's energetically expensive for the body to hold on to muscle if you're not using it. So we need to stay active. And, and I like to draw the distinction between daily activity and formal exercise because when we actually look around at, at the populations of people who live the longest, the centenarians around the world, the people who regularly live to 100 plus in communities and many of them achieve this feat, um, they're not doing intense exercise like a P90X or a crazy high-intensity workout, but they are walking, they're gardening, they're moving, they're bending down, they're staying very active. And what I want to counsel everyone today here is to start to make the mental distinction between daily exercise and er, daily movement and formal exercise. Formal exercise are going to be things like strength training, and I want to talk about that in just a moment. But daily movement means walking more, accumulating steps even doing what I would call like micro exercises where let's say you're getting up from the office chair, the desk chair, or the couch, you're just moving more, you're reaching, you're squatting, you're moving. You want to lubricate those joints and keep active. And I, and, I, and I think walking is probably the foundation of that, like getting outside and trying to walk, if you can and have the ability to, several miles per day. It is so healthy for the body to, to do this low-intensity walking. It will regulate the blood sugar levels. You get the sun, which will give you some of that vitamin D as well as it helps with all these good happy neurotransmitters, getting outside and breathing that fresh air. We just need to keep on walking and moving. So I believe everyone can ask themselves every day, have I checked my movement box? And I also think by the time we're recording this, there's a, there's a seasonal aspect of this too. If you're living, let's just say, in the Northeast and it's starting to get cold now in the winter, it's a big reason why a lot of people become inactive during this time. They're like, man, I can't go outside. I, I can't shovel my snow. It's too cold outside. I don't want to do this. So you need to find ways to stay active in your own home and, and check that movement box every single day. And this is interesting. There is some, there's some powerful research that shows that if we do not hit these minimum movement thresholds every single day, which may be equivalent to, I don't know, walking one to two miles, our brain's actual hunger and appetite circuits don't work as well as they should be. And we actually are more hungry than the calories we need to eat. Uh, and our metabolism doesn't work nearly as good as it could. So it's a perfect storm of being sedentary and then actually overeating because you're, you're not hitting this, these right amount of activity threshold. Now, the next thing on, on exercise I think it's important to talk about is is doing some kind of resistance training. This doesn't mean you're going to a gym necessarily, but it does mean that you're lifting some kinds of weights or some kinds of bands at least two times per week. And it doesn't have to be more than a 15 to 20 minute session, but we should be doing the things that we need to be strong at, these foundational movements that we learned when we were one, two years old, how to squat, how to stand up, how to reach overhead, how to push things and pull things away from our bodies. These are the foundational exercises like squats, shoulder presses, press-ups, they can be on walls, rows, pulling things towards your body. We need to continue to work those muscles. And, and it, it's, we're now understanding now the musculature of the human body is really an organ of longevity. It helps regulate those blood sugars. It increases the blood flow. That's really important for your brain and for your mood. So I'm going to say like the exercise component becomes even more important for people in the seventh and eighth decade of life than when you were younger. 
especially if you're a woman and you and you you're clearly at this point postmenopausal. I mean, you do not have the benefits and the protection of that precious estrogen that enables you to maintain bone strength and muscle mass. And I think a lot of the reasons that particularly women in the seventh and eighth decade of lives deteriorate is is because they don't have strength training in their lives and the hormones start to decrease and then the inactivity sets in. It's a it's a vicious cycle. So I'll, I'll pause there and I'd love you to comment on the exercise front. And then I'd love to move into nutrition because I think that's the other uh, primary pillar that people need to invest in. Yeah, no, I, I am to- in total agreement. And I will say one of my very favorite things is, you know, a walking buddy. I have, you know, that because there's nothing better than walking a couple of miles with a good friend, chatting out, solving yes. the world's problems and your own problems. Yes. It's just great. And I, I, I do know a very fancy word. I will impress you, sarcopenia. And yes. we lose muscle mass as we age. So you have to do this stuff. I mean, this is so exciting, Dr. Balduzzi. Thank you. You're welcome. And I think nutrition, are you open to me sharing some stuff on that? Yes, yes. And I'm also, uh, here we are halfway through the conversation. Well, actually, we've only got a a few more minutes left, but I'm already going to beg you to please come back on and share more with us Mm -hmm. at another time because this is such important information. I want everybody to get to benefit from your expertise and your knowledge. So, yes, well, on that note, let's move on to nutrition. Okay, and I'll, and I'll keep it decently brief because I, I know there's a, there's a time limit to this particular conversation. Here's the deal. When it comes to nutrition, it's, it's just unfortunate. Like, based on the food quality available today, food can either be medicine or it can be poison. And, and it's just the truth because food is probably our greatest trigger of either anti-inflammation or creating inflammation. And it's truly the sugar the processed foods that are a lot of the packaged wheat foods that are sprayed with these unfortunately very damaging pesticides, it's the artificial colors and flavors and all these packaged fake foods that do create inflammation in the body. And I think as we get older, understanding that inflammation is at the root of pretty much all our chronic disease, of heart disease, of arthritic degeneration diseases, of lack of cognitive function and decreasing in that area. We need to be eating a diet that is anti-inflammatory, that is helping our bodies heal and maintain good nutrition. So what we need to do is, I, I think, and, and the way I teach this, because nutrition can be complicated, is create a daily nutrition routine, one that is sustainable and one that's very, like, habit-based. And this means, I think, first off, before talking about food, you need to have a plan about when you eat, and it needs to be in a good routine structure. So this could be the classic breakfast, lunch, dinner kind of scenario. This could be something like doing some intermittent fasting, which for people in the seventh and eighth decades of life, what I recommend you do is you still do have a breakfast whenever you do like to have breakfast, and maybe you have an afternoon snack or, or a light lunch, and you have an earlier dinner. This can be very beneficial for longevity, where you start, you start not eating quite as late at night and having an earlier dinner. And the benefit of this is it actually helps get your body into more of that fasted state uh, overnight. And that fasting state is actually what releases a lot of these anti-aging growth hormones and breaks down a lot of these old immune cells. What's fascinating is I think this whole experience of life, we experience our bodies when we look in the mirror, feel our bodies in this like macroscopic picture, like we have our limbs and our our skin and our our, our macro organs, but all of our cells are undergoing the same aging process. And particularly when it comes to aging well, you want to keep a strong immune system. And when your immune system gets older, naturally, just because you're progressed in decades of life, you need to give your body a chance to kind of take out the garbage and break down some of those old immune cells. And fasting is one of the great tools to do that. So the earlier dinner, I think, is a wonderful, a wonderful tip for people to start incorporating. And this might be like a, a 3, 4, 5 p.m. dinner, and then you stop eating after dinner. Now, look, if you have a sweet tooth and you want a little something, I think that's totally fine. 
have it after dinner, and then you're kind of done for the day. That can be a really good tip for longevity. Now, in terms of what types of foods to eat, it's just basically whole non-processed foods is what I'm a big recommend and, and believer in. So things that you might eat for breakfast would be things like fruit, sprouted organic toast, eggs, some kind of overnight oatmeal, berries, maybe some protein shake or smoothie kind of thing you can make. These are great options. Things for lunches, salads, sandwiches on healthy, healthy breads. Uh, you can cook up some kind of protein with some kind of veggies on the side. And, and to, because I brought up the protein concept, it is important as we get older to prevent a lot of that age-related muscle loss, sarcopenia, is to focus on having a higher protein diet. This is why having things like eggs in your diet are beneficial. Certain kinds of fishes, even red meats are okay in, in a certain amount of quantity. Uh, and, and if you eat plant-based, you can do it too, but you need to focus on the protein for sure and, and certainly get a lot of those non-organic grains as well as you know, all the snack foods, the junk foods, the sugars out of your out of your life. Because the simple truth is as we get older, the margin for error just goes down. You could probably tolerate some of those foods when your metabolism and your body had the robustness of being in your 20s and 30s. But as you get older, those foods are going to cause a lot of inflammation, and then you're going to pay the price for that later. Oh, my gosh, Dr. Balduzzi, this is, and I know sleep is very, very important, but unfortunately, we are actually out of time now. I I really, as I said, I'm already going to beg you, please come back on, because <laughs> you are you are such a, you know, well, first off, you've got a vast knowledge and expertise, but I love the passion and the, and the joy that you get from helping people, because you can tell it in your voice. And before we have to run, though, please let our listeners know where they can go to find find out more about you, your work, and again, like I said, I did link to your two uh, podcasts on, on the information in the, in the you know, information section. So, but do you have any, can you tell us any place else that they can go to find out more about you and your work, Dr. Balduzzi? Absolutely, and I just want to say it was wonderful spending the time that we did have together here, and, um, and I hope people did get some tips. And if I do come back, I would love to speak about the sleep aspect because people need to understand that the melatonin and protecting that is key for longevity and aging. But when it comes to connecting deeper with what we do with Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project, which is helping busy parents over the age of 40, and we have program members from 40 all the way up into their 80s, um, we help them create sustainable health and fitness routines. And our websites for that, our men's program is found at fitfatherproject.com, just as it sounds, fitfatherproject.com. And our women's website is fitmotherproject.com. And then we have our YouTube channels as well. That if, if YouTube is a place where you like to watch videos and go deeper, we have Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project YouTube channels. And those are great ways to connect and learn more about the ways uh, that I help people. Oh, my gosh. Well, I cannot thank you enough. I really, uh, Dr. Balduzzi, you have shared not only your expertise, like I say, but your, your love for what you do. And that is that touches my heart and makes me want to get out there and do all those good things for myself. Awesome. So happy for that. And thank you so much for having me on today. Well, and for you listeners out there, I, I cannot stress enough how important what Dr. Balduzzi has just shared, the information he has just shared with us, is to uh, enhance our own lives and make ourselves better, happier, healthier for our grandchildren. So be sure to go out there and check out Fit 
fitfatherproject.com or fitmotherproject.com because each of these websites is going to give you a wealth of information, lots of health-related issues. You could just tell from what he was telling us and real hope and motivation to guide us now and in the future uh, because, of course, we do want to live a life that's both long and healthy, and Dr. Balduzzi has shared some wonderful tips to help us do just that. So until next time, and we will be discussing sleep with Dr. Balduzzi next time, uh, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.